Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Tuesday, March 21st. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. Chrystia Freeland outlines her budget priorities. What Canadians want right now is for inflation to come down and for interest rates to fall. And that is one of our primary goals in this year's budget, not to pour fuel on the fire of inflation. And the Conservatives put pressure on the NDP to support a motion forcing the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff to testify on foreign election interference. Only the leader of the NDP will decide. He has the deciding vote. So the question for him is, will he help his boss, the Prime Minister, cover up, or will he vote for the the Prime Minister's chief of staff to testify? Which is it? Let's get right to the top political stories this morning with Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Julie. Nice to see you. So lots to talk about. Busy week. And... uh, you know, I noticed uh, that Christia Freeland is out dropping hints about uh, the budget and what we might see in it. Now, that's exactly a, a week away. So in this busy week, we can't, you know, forget that's around the corner. And she made it pretty clear she doesn't want to add more fuel to the fire of inflation, that she'll be fiscally responsible. Now, that sounds like a tall order because she's got a lot <laughs> of big spending priorities, right? Yeah, that's like a game of three dimensional chess. Um, <laughs> how do how do you know, satisfy all the needs that are out there, but not, um, you know, spend like crazy, which is their reputation. Part of this is a communications exercise as much as an economic one, right? This is, this is getting the blue liberals or the, you know, the, 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 the more Paul Martin kind of liberals to date myself back into the fold, because I think there's, there's a bit of worry about that, but I don't want to portray it as entirely political, but I was really struck yesterday by the similarity between her speech this year and last year. And last year she was saying, or, you know, the hints they were dropping last year was, okay, we gave everybody everything for the pandemic COVID everybody, you know, whether you were rich or poor or no matter what part of the country you lived in, you got money. It was Mm -hmm. universal. And now, and then she said, we are moving to targeted relief. That was the big message last year. And that's basically what she was saying yesterday is, you know, for anybody who believes the government is a one stop shop for everybody, that's not the case anymore. And I, uh, there was, it was amid everything else that was going on last week, the prime minister said something similar about universal basic income. Right. He said he's not a believer in it anymore, that he believes that targeted help is better than universal. And so that, that shone out to me from what Christopher Freeland was saying was the party's over on universal pan-Canadian payments. Even dental care is not going to be universal. You know, all of these things, it makes it more of a game of three-dimensional chess because how do you determine who needs and who doesn't? But that's, that is what they're up to. Right. Yeah, I, I was struck by what you said about appealing to the Paul Martin uh, liberals because there's no way they could ever match the Paul Martin liberals. That was all about getting rid of the deficit, and there's never That's been right. talk about doing that here. No. But it's more about targeted spending, right? So exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess these are things to look for, especially she basically laid those two priorities out. You know, healthcare and clean tech, and uh, so signaling kind of what we can expect to see next week. Um, While she was doing that, back in the House of Commons, 
that conservative motion was being debated to call on the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, Katie Telford, and many other people to speak about what they know about Chinese interference. Now, the Conservatives are putting a lot of pressure on the NDP to vote with them. So what's going on there? That is a really interesting drama that uh, is going on today. I take it the NDP is having a caucus meeting today to decide how they're going to proceed on this. Mm -hmm. You know, normally, if we were just dealing with the budget, all the talks, the, the Liberals and NDP must be talking all the time. You know, the hotline must be constantly open because if they're not talking about this, they're talking about the budget or they're talking about Biden's visit. Right. But it, it does seem that um, that the pressure, that the, the Conservatives are trying to jam the NDP a bit into breaking their deal with the Liberals on this one and going for... Um, yeah, in fact, it's it's not so much anymore about what they what they want on the Chinese interference thing. It's 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 jamming a stick between the Liberals and NDP. So you know there are reports circulating, uh, and Mark Holland was vague enough yesterday, the government House leader, about whether the Liberals were going to make this a confidence motion, mm -hmm. which would mean that you know never mind the budget, the government could actually fall over this um, gamesmanship. So I'm watching for that really carefully this morning to see what the NDP is going to do here. They're, they do seem to be in a rock and a hard place mm -hmm. um, for now. For now, Right. Well, I mean, that's a high stakes game, right? And I'm not 100% sure when the vote on this motion takes place, but it's imminent, right? It's maybe today or tomorrow. I'm not sure. I mean, um, my impression was, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure either. But, it, it, today. but it's, 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 uh, it's soon. So, yep. um, like you say, if this is made into a confidence motion, if it fails, then the government is, uh, there we go, election campaign, was, right? Yeah, great. We're on the road. Yeah. So, so is this, is, are the conservatives uh, pushing for this high stakes drama because they actually want an election, do you think? To say, um, I, uh, you know, I think they feel they're ready for it. I think they feel that, you know, they're soaring in the polls such as it is, you know, they're, they're a good, you know, eight, nine points in every one of the, the polls I've seen recently ahead mm -hmm. of the Liberals. I still think they would prefer later rather than sooner. They, they'd like to frame the election debate more, but I think they'd take an election whenever it happens. Right. Well, so that's all interesting dynamics uh, to watch. And I noticed I mean, we've both been watching the House for quite a long time. And to me, it <laughs> seems sure. like Let's not say how long, but no. it seems <laughs> it's, it seems like to me the tone in there is getting lower than a snake's belly. Am I right? You're right. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, the word corruption is being thrown around like confetti at a wedding, and it's all aimed at Justin think, Trudeau. Yeah, it, corrupt is this week. Treason was the last couple of weeks. You know, mm -hmm. um, I I keep sort of watching because I'm a loser every day. <laughs> I guess I'm, going I'm right in there with you. We should have a party, a popcorn <laughs> parliamentary party. Okay. But uh, but a couple of times I've grabbed, I, I've sort of, you know, uh, stopped and said, wow, can you say that in the House of Commons? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, it's really striking how um, visceral it is and, and personal. And I'm not sure, you know, most Canadians are not like us and do not tune into question period every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but every day is a new surprise to me in, as you say, um, 
is it limbo or is it a snake's belly? But it's it's getting lower and lower. But, you know, I noticed that that um, Andrew Shear, when he came out, he was asked about this. Um, a former know, speaker. You, a pardon former me? Speaker, a former speaker. A former speaker. <laughs> and are you really calling him corrupt? And he, he didn't back down. He, he nope. laid out all the reasons why the Trudeau government is corrupt. So, like, I'm not sure how that all works in terms of, you know, a defamation or whatever. But the point is, corrupt is a big word. It's a big word. And if this is the kind of word you're using way before an election or let's say you know what how low is it going to get during an election Mm -hmm. that's the part that worries me i i'm you know i'm a bit of a pollyanna on this kind of stuff i do not like it um i'm not entertained by it and i think the reason we're all not entertained by it people like me is because we saw where it can go in the united states Mm -hmm. and you know there's a lot of drama with trump today which we're not going to talk about but um watching the scenes in the United States of calling people corrupt and criminals and et cetera, et cetera, is uh, it just seems that that's not the road we want to go down. No, no, exactly. And uh, yeah, that whole Trump drama that could overtake all sorts of things, but, um, but uh, you know, I'm just curious, the liberals have been pummeled by this story since February 17th, since it came out in the, in the globe. That's a long time to be pummeled by a story. And, uh, you know, you'd have to think the way they're handling the whole thing is pretty ham fisted. Uh, do you do you think there may have be having some regrets that they just didn't pull the plug and say, let's have a public inquiry? I, I think, you know, liberals themselves are talking about the way they're handling this. They're, they're talking about it as as liberals do always as a communications exercise. And I think it's way beyond that. I I think we talked about this last week. There, there are two elements to this. One is they, they're playing it like it's a drama in the house and a mm-hmm. game, and mm-hmm. it's not. It's um, And the conservatives are too. This is more than that. It's, it's the shaking, the public shaking of faith in, in our democratic institutions and election integrity that they've got to be worried about. And I think on that score, I think probably there is some regret. And the liberals were already before this asking themselves some questions about how well they communicate to the public. Trudeau himself has said in interviews with me that he's struck by the gap between they think they're doing all these things, but the public doesn't really get it, mm-hmm. which tells you they do have a, a problem here. And this is this is the same thing. We thought we were doing all these things about election interference, but the public doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And it, it is... Uh, I confess even, again, watching question period yesterday to some frustration with every time a question is raised about this, the liberals to say, we take this very seriously. Well, we're not asking who takes it seriously. We're asking you what you're doing. And um, there were, I, I think another thing we're waiting for maybe today is, mm-hmm. is David Johnson's mandate letter. Where is mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. You know that we don't know what his job is yet. And uh, I noticed the block was trying to ratchet things up yesterday, asking for the appointment to be revoked. Exactly. So I think the I think the liberals have got to come out soonish. Again, there were a few things my team, the star, was running around yesterday trying to figure out: is is, is this a confidence vote in the House? That's one. And the other one is where is that mandate letter for David Johnson, and how soon does he start his work, such as it is? 
Yeah, well, just to wrap up, I think you've brought up some uh, interesting points in some of, some of your columns and stuff recently, just the fact that the prime minister has said a few times, it seems no matter what I say, there are people out there who won't believe me. Now, is, yep. that, is that playing the victim or is that stating a fact or what is that? I think he's been experimenting. Those of us who watched him a long time, I think he's experimenting with being a bit more candid. Mm-hmm. I think he's seen the success of people like Mark Miller, his good friend in being very candid and open. And I think he's been trying that. Uh, I talked to him in January in an interview and I said, why don't you be the guy at the convoy hearings rather than the guy, you know, with the talking points. And he said, I'm trying. Um, I'd like to do politics in full sentences. So I, I think maybe he's in me, therapy. Maybe, 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 yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. someone's yeah bringing out his inner self. Yes, but yeah, don't go to therapy in front of the national media. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they'll rip you apart. That's right. But he, yeah, that's what I, I think he's up to. That's uh, I think he's trying to be candid yeah. about what is going on. And he is right. There is a certain segment of the population who aren't going to believe him no matter what he says. He's right. Right. And that's uh, that may not have been the case at the very beginning when he took over in 2015. But that's where he's at now, right? Very definitely. And I yeah. wrote yesterday, I, I, I've been really intrigued by how how much he turns off male voters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's increasingly a problem for them. A piece I wrote uh, on this uh, in the star yesterday is still I was just checking our numbers is still generating huge traffic. I think people want to talk about this, um, about what the gender gap between um, men and women voters on Trudeau is becoming more pronounced, I think. Well, that's a whole discussion for yep. another day. Keep that in your back pocket. We've got other Tuesdays. <laughs> we have other Tuesdays. <laughs> yes. Okay. Listen, Susan, it's been great talking to you, and uh, we, we will talk again soon. That was Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Hill Times, Michael Harris argues that populism is destroying our federal politics. He writes, The job of opposition is to oppose, so the characterization of incumbent governments has almost never been what might be called good-faith criticism. There is little credit for the good things a government does and a hyperbolic focus on its clunkers. That's fair enough. Politics isn't Sunday school. But something fundamental and dangerous has happened to the normally partisan world of politics. Populism has arrived like an 18-wheeler crashing into a bridge abutment, scattering its ugly cargo of racism, xenophobia, and trumped-up distrust of government and government institutions all over the road. In the Globe and Mail, Michael Byers argues an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin will have consequences for China. He writes, No one should count on Vladimir Putin sitting in the International Criminal Court dock, but like many of his domestic political opponents, He's now at real risk of falling out of a window. He's also proven himself to be a dubious partner for a Chinese president who needs to steer a middle course. The Chinese president might not care about Russian war crimes, but war crimes against children, genocide. Nobody wants to be associated with that. Mr. Xi will stand by Mr. Putin, at least for now. But the script has surely been flipped. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting and attend question period. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will attend the Cabinet meeting. 
NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will discuss the NDP's expectations for the upcoming spring budget and the priorities his party would like to see the government address during President Biden's visit to Canada this week. He will also attend question period and meet with the Northwest Territories Association of Communities. Green Party leader Elizabeth May will speak about a private member's bill. Defence Minister Anita Anand will make an announcement about Canadian Armed Forces infrastructure in the National Capital Region. Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino will make an announcement regarding support for overrepresentation of Indigenous, Black and racialized people in the criminal justice system. Environment Minister Stephen Guilbeault will make an announcement at the Rouge National Urban Park in Markham, Ontario. And Minister of Families Karina Gould will provide an update on passport service delivery. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, March 21st. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.